it's the A to Z of men. It's Chris and Scott, and we're back. And back into, like, more normal times. I think dry January's pretty much finished, and v- what's the vegan one? Veganuary. That's done now. That sounds silly. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, that's finished now as well. Uh, so, yeah, back into normality. Back onto the A to Z of men, and we're at the letter M, which we'll come to in just a second. Um, quiet week for you, Scott. You busy week. What have you been up to? Um, been doing quite a lot of interviews for... Um album uh, which is out so um so oh, yeah, yeah this, our album's out isn't it no not our, not album. our album no five's no, album that's album, right yeah. our so, album's not out yet so yeah just been busy doing interviews and stuff and uh, radio and tv and stuff so yeah been pretty full on i've been similar um similar to that i've been playing a lot of fifa um <coughs> Uh, with similar, people, it's similar. Well, it is similar because I'm playing like you when you do gigs and you're playing in front of people you don't know. I'm playing people online that I don't know. Normally, um, like so 13 year old boys. Sometimes from China, um, <laughs> and, and I can hear them screaming at their computer. Adam, don't pull a face. I know you can't see it, but you pull, pulled a face like I said he was playing with 13 year old boys. Like, and you try to make it weird. Yeah. Online. Because it's not weird for me to be playing against 13 year old people on FIFA. That's not weird. I mean, I didn't make it weird. You did make it weird. Your face (laughs) made it weird. Yeah, but the people can't see my face. I could see your face. You made made it weird for me. Um, Yeah, so I've not done a lot this week. And I I was saying to somebody, I don't think I've got back into normal mode from Christmas yet. I still feel a little bit jet lagged. I feel a little bit jet lagged. Going to bed late still. Yeah, getting but that's because you're playing FIFA. No, even just watching telly and stuff. I just I find it really difficult to get back into that going to bed at a normal time. What time do you go to bed at night? No, late. Like quite late at the moment. Like past midnight. Like, yeah. See, yeah. I've been doing that, and I used to go to bed on a work day. I'd go to bed about half ten, eleven, so I would be fresh to get up at seven. And now I'm really struggling with that. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm going to bed quite late. And, um, yeah, and then struggling to get up in the morning. Nightmare. Hmm. What about you? Do, yeah. you? do you go to bed early, Adam, or what, what's your what's your bedtime routine? <laughs> Who tucks you in? Do you want my full bedtime? Not, not your full, no, not your full bedtime routine, just the what time and the times, really, the timings, really. I think uh, we, we go to bed about half ten, eleven, and then I stay up and watch a bit of TV and then probably drift off around midnight. you got a TV in your room? Yeah. It's dangerous, that, isn't it? You have as well, Scott, haven't you? I have, have you not? You no, you I, we don't know, because I don't like... I like when I go to bed. I go to bed. I right, Joe, what we spend a lot of time in the bedroom watching TV, and I know it's bad. Like they say, don't have a TV in your room, um, don't take your phone to bed, and stuff like that. Um, it is something that I've looked into getting rid of the TV because we we find ourselves going to bed really early. Yeah. To watch TV in bed rather than we're not using the living room much yeah. at all. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a weird one, but I might look into that. We don't need to look. It's nothing to look into. You just take the TV out. No, you put it's it. not a website or anything. But then where do you check. put where do you put it? What the TV? Out outside the another room. Might put it in the kitchen. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, do that. Uh, eight is at a men, and we're on the letter M, and it's coming up next. Boo. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so keep that in. It's because I can't hear the adverts when we're recording, yeah. so I have to make, I have to listen to it in my own head. But listen to how you done it. You. Boop, 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 boop. No, it, 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 it sounds you, like the Astro like, advert. No, it, it doesn't. It sounds like um. That's a great. That's probably the best thirty-second piece of music in the world. Can you whistle, Chris? Yeah. That wasn't great whistling, though, was it? Well, uh, <laughs> why it's wasn't it's it bit, great? It's a bit breathy, isn't it? Well, I have to breathe. You have to... It is breath. <laughs> I 
Wow. There you go. This is the content you were looking for, people. Um, right. The letter M. We've both discussed this before we've come onto the podcast. We've both gone with the same letter. Um, same word. Sorry, both gone with the same letter and word. I was going. I was coming onto that, but I just started with letter. Because we have gone for to a, go with the same letter. Yeah, right? we've both gone with M. Yes, which is good because L was last week. Yeah. Uh, we've both gone with the same word as well, and I think this works better rather than going for Scott's word first and then my word. We just talk about what we're talking about. Um, for M, we're going with mental health. Yeah, and uh, it's something that as normally we don't, you know, have a conversation about what word we're going to go with, but. Kind of last week, we, we said, oh, I think we're going for the same word. And uh, it was just the most obvious word to go for, because although this is a comedy podcast and it's, you know, it's obviously in the comedy section and, you know, we try and make you laugh, there has been moments during the, you know, the A to, to L that we've done so far that we have sort of brushed upon some serious things. Like on B, we were talking about, you know, testicular cancer and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we've we've sort of delved into some things where, you know, that common misconception that men don't worry about certain things and maybe women worry about them things more. And um, mental health is something that isn't spoken about enough. And uh, we think, and we've both suffered at different stages of mental health and stuff, so we think it's really important to talk about that and hopefully um, keep it a little bit light at times as well. Yeah, and share some experiences, as Scott said, that we've been through. Having a look at some of the stats as well, I was going through uh, the Booper website and and it talks about men are less likely to access mental health support when they need it compared to women, which is something that I'm always I've always been aware of that but we talked about this with the um when you, when when the kid I saw that kid in the park and fell over and the dad said don't cry you know don't be a girl and that we're told from such a young age as guys that we have to just stand up and man up and I think that's why it, it, it's it's difficult for a man to go and get help when they feel they need it especially with mental health yeah, no, I agree with that, and it, it's 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 very difficult because a lot of people don't realise sort of how difficult it can be at times. So, like, you look at footballers now; like, they're only just starting to talk to each other, and just you know, there might be footballers out there that are playing in the Premier League that mm. that might now have a little bit of courage to come out as homosexual, or come out as bisexual, or, mm. and that's been so hard for them all, all through their careers because no one talks about their feelings. Men in particular don't talk about their feelings. And I mean, I've, I've sp- spoken about it on the podcast before about, you know, hiding in the WhatsApp group and not, you know, not talking about it and not checking on Dave to make sure if he's okay, not checking on Steve. Sometimes it's the, um, it's the people that are laughing and joking the most are the people you need to go, do you know what, mate? Are, are you okay? And it's a really important question. And if one person can listen to this podcast and go, do you know what, I'm struggling, or I might check on so-and-so today. Um, it'd be amazing if we could um, help someone. There was such an interesting thing, and I, I'm going to talk about another podcast because it's a podcast I listen to as a Watford fan, uh, but Ben Foster's podcast, I think it's called The Foscast, because they say at the end, up The Foscast, uh, so hello to those guys if, they, if they're checking this out. But he talks, they were talking to a psychologist on the latest episode, and she'd worked in football clubs. He was Ben was saying that, there's only like two clubs in the Premier League, three clubs in the Premier League that have a mental health person working within the football club. So they've got somebody to tell you what to eat, somebody to tell you how much you should weigh, how to lose a pound, how to do this, how to take a free kick. But they don't seem to, they don't have somebody in there that literally deals with um, with mental health, which 
is crazy. And actually, if you watch Ted Lasso, um, which obviously is a, is a spoof and a fictitious Premier League football club, the mental health woman that works there is key in pretty much the whole series. Yeah, I actually found key... it quite quite shocking that that isn't like a an a whole department of a football club. Well, because I would argue that it's the most important thing. I think if you can mentally get a player ready for battle, and yeah. and then it's got to be a massive part of the, your game, hasn't it? Definitely, it's got it's to a be. player. Like, look at someone now. I don't know the ins and outs of um, like you know. So talk about someone like Abamyang at the moment. Yeah, like, it's been sort of loosely documented that he's having a few problems at home. Yeah, now, I don't know the full details. So, but this is hearsay. Having a few details at home, so that would sort of suggest why he's not playing to the best of his ability. Because if you're if you're having a problem at home. You're not going to be firing, firing on all cylinders at work, whatever you do, whether it's a, an office job, whether it's, you know, working on a building site. If you're constantly around with the missus or you've got something going on with your mum and dad or you've got something going on with, you know, anything, any part of your life that's not quite right, yeah. that's going to have a knock-on effect through your whole life. Absolutely. And we need, to, we need to encourage men to openly talk about their own battles and to get help when needed and, and hopefully podcasts like this I'm not saying that we're going to change the world but the, but the more you hear it on podcasts like I was listening to Ben Foster's a podcast about football and there was an hour and a half dedicated to, to the psychology of football and, and I think there is more and more uh, out there now there's more charity set up there's more in the mainstream media about mental health that some of the stat one in eight men have a common mental health problem such as anxiety or depression in England and Wales, and, and uh, this is shocking, in England and Wales, 75% of all suicides are men. Mm. Um, the ages between 45 and 49 are the most common. 2019 was the highest year since 2000, so it's, it's, it's on the rise. And obviously the figures will come from the pandemic as well, which we'll, we'll, we'll get soon, which I don't think is going to make for great reading. No. It, it's, it's, so, um, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because obviously... And you know, and, and this isn't just a reach out to uh, to men as well. If you're uh, if you're a woman listening, uh, obviously me- mental health is uh, is big in in women as well. I would just I would just urge you to uh, you know go and get the help that you know that's out there. There is so much help out there for uh, everyone who's suffering with mental health. I think health. that the worst bit is that men just don't like talking about anything like that. So. Women do have it as well, but women are more likely to reach out, go to the GP, talk to a friend about it, talk to a family member about it. Whereas guys will just suppress We're it. We're seen as weakness in a guy, isn't it? And, mm. that, and, and that's that's got to stop. I mean, so so basically, and I, I did say this on I don't know what episode it was, but like a girl who's suffering will talk to a friend in on a WhatsApp group and say, "I'm um, Julie. I'm really struggling. You know, can I come around for a glass of wine and a chat?" And everyone will form a, bu- a bubble around her and make sure she's okay. Yeah, and this is Prosecco something will yeah. come out. And this is uh, something that I've heard Russell uh, Russell Kane say. Yeah, and it, it's it's so so true. Blokes don't do that. They, they're doing it more, which I love. I love the fact that men are getting a little bit more slowly but surely, a little bit more mindful to go. Do you know what I'm going to reach out? Yeah, and because it shouldn't be seen as a weakness. Like it's that should be such a thing of the past that this is a it's weak to say to your mate do you know what I'm really struggling and I'd love you to come around for a game of darts or I'd love you to come around for a cup of tea or, or you know just go out and play pool or whatever it yeah. is that you and it might be that you want to go out and not talk about your problems 
but just be away from your problems for a little while. That might help ease them. It might be that you need to talk about it and you might be in the dart hall but not really play darts and, and talk. I'm not going to go... I'm not going to mention any names here, but like, recently I know someone very close to me that has, that has lost someone and that person, you know, has, has literally taken their own life mm. because they didn't feel... And it was a guy and he didn't feel... He could talk to anyone about it, but the the outpour of love that he's received in the last couple of weeks since he passed away... It's been had, incredible. Yeah, he had so much love, like yeah. so much support. If only he would have known, but he didn't because no, because he hadn't spoke about it and no one had reached out to him. It shouldn't always be down to the person that's struggling to reach out. You've got to... If you just got an inkling, just 1% inkling that someone might be struggling, or you just haven't spoken to your friend for a couple of weeks and you go, do you know what, I'm going to just check in with so-and-so, just reach out. Even if it's just a phone call, 10 minutes, 5 minutes on the phone could literally stop someone from doing something that they can't change. Yeah. A research suggests that men do understand the value of being there for others that might need support. We do know, we, we, we understand that bit, but only 48% of men said they would actually look for help. That's less than half. That's, that's, a, that's a really worrying stat. Less than half of us would actually reach out for help. Do you know what? Um, I, I, I can say this person because I know mine. My brother, I spoke to my brother-in-law the other day, uh, Martin, and I know, I know he's a listener of the podcast, and I was talking about this other person that I won't mention who, who had taken his own life, mm. and he said... If I was struggling, I don't think I would tell anyone. And I looked at him and I said, that's really pissed me off, that mine. I said, like, what do you mean? I said, like, you've got to. That's, it's so important because it, it's a phone call. Yeah. Uh, and he went, oh, well, no, I, yeah, maybe. But And then he said something that, and I know that's what people that end up doing this to themselves think. And it's like, I wouldn't want to burden... I wouldn't want to burden someone with the problems that I'm feeling in my head. Now, you're you're not burdening someone. You're a problem. Was it a problem shared is a problem halved? Mm. Like that's so true. Like if you if you're going through something that feels so big in your head, just relieving that little bit of pressure and talking to one person mm. is not going to make them feel bad. It's gonna, if anything, they're going to feel happy that they've been able to help you in a small way and if you think there's somebody you know uh, the biggest thing we could do to to help normalize it is by talking about it openly which which we try to do uh, it may help that person realize that there's a problem and they need to take action to address it but the booper website that i was looking at has got loads of device um of how you can help if you know it's a problem with with somebody in your life a man in your life check in with them simply asking how they are highlighting if you noticed any differences in their behavior but don't be afraid to ask more than once either because it might be they go no no i'm fine but if you really feel that there's something not quite right just just keep making sure text as scott said drop them a phone call pop in oh i'm playing got some mates come around for some darts later do you want to come around and just make that channel open to them uh listen to what they got to say having asked if they're okay make sure you listen to them if they tell you what's on their mind you don't have to have the answers but you just listening is is such a valuable tool and it's you know, it's one thing we can all do. We can all listen. Yeah, and uh, and I'm not saying that me and Chris are the most qualified people. Obviously, we're not qualified. But yeah, let's we, make that clear. No, yeah, we're yeah. not qualified. No, but what I will say is, 
I'm pretty good with my words. And um, if you want to reach out to us, if even if there's one person on here that's listening now and you want to see what, you know, that maybe we can help, then um, then please feel free to uh, contact us on any of the socials, which is the A to Z of men, or on our uh, Gmail account. And I do mean this if you are struggling and you haven't got a friend that you feel you can talk to and you want to talk to someone that you don't actually know, but you know through the podcast, then please get in contact. It's the A to Z of men at gmail.com, and that's the numeral two. And, and we'd be more than happy to help. And there's loads of charities as well out there, like mind.org.uk. They've got loads of device on, on how you can get help. Um, they talk about talking to somebody you trust, a close friend or a family, maybe even... A doctor. Some people don't want to go to the doctor. Some people would rather talk to a friend or a family member first, or a Samaritan, somebody that's the, almost a third party. But the doctor, um, and I'll talk about my experiences in a, in a moment. And, and the GP was where where mine's how I first started dealing with it. Um, considering why you find it uncomfortable asking for help and whether those reasons are actually stopping you from getting the support you need. And that could just be like we said earlier. Well, yeah, I'm a bloke. I'm not supposed to. I don't need help. Well, I'm all right. I'm strong. Um, I've got a football match on Saturday. I can't. I haven't got time to, for all yeah, that. Yeah. If that's you know, have a think about. Listen to what you're saying to yourself and seeing if there's anything you can do to to, to change that mindset. Uh, reading about mental health as well and and the guidance that's out there. Um, and and I've always found with with mental health is reading about other people's struggles to make you realise that you're not actually going mad. There are other people in the same boat as you. Yeah, that's really important. There will be so many people that are going through the same thing as you, and you can, and that will prove to you that you're not on your own. I mean, I'm quite I'm quite lucky in many ways because I've got I've got quite a few friends that are struggling, and they have opened up to me, and they have talked to me, and they have said, Scott, do you know what? Um, because some, somehow I'm quite good at talking to people and um, I don't know where I got it from or how. Maybe it's because of my own personal experiences, which, as, as Chris said, I'll get into that in a little while. But I've helped several of my friends and um, I, I literally, I love the fact that they can confide in me and talk to me and, and, um, and that, you know, and, and there's certain friends that I've, I feel that I have helped them through it and now they're out the other side of it. And... Um, it's not thanks to me, that's thanks to them for opening up and um, giving me the opportunity to just say, believe it or not, wise words. I mean, God knows how. Yeah, um, right. Some, some wise words, some words of wisdom to say, do you know what? I, I sort of know some of the answers. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's uh, yes, I'm really blessed with that. Do you, Adam, do you have any pe- people that you talk to or that, that talk to you like from a younger generation? It, it seems that your generation are able to talk about it more than our generation might be able to talk about it. I think it's interesting because I feel like I'm just on that cusp of before people started talking about their mental health. Mm. Um, so a lot of people below me, young, a bit younger, they're very much open and it's very much a thing that if you haven't got mental health problems growing up, then you haven't lived life almost. You're not expressing your own emotion. You aren't yeah. going deep and thinking about things. I think I was always on that cusp of like, again, like kind of what you were saying is it's all in my mind. It's all just keep it to myself. Let's just, just get on with life. Um, and I know that's obviously wrong and the wrong attitude to have towards everything. So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird one that I've watched people around me start expressing their mental health issues or any other sort of issues they might have, but I'm still stuck on that. Would I talk about it? stage and and do, do you feel you would do you, do you feel that if you were struggling do you feel like you've got someone 
that because some people like I know you've got um, your your partner, but like some people don't want to talk to their partner about it because it's a little bit too hard or whatever. Um, it might be your partner, but is there someone that if you were really struggling, do you uh, have you already got someone in mind that you would go? Do you know what I'd I'd reach out to that person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I I, I have spoken to people previously about things like it's it's so to me they're like silly little things. It's not like I've got mm. um, anything deep going on. It was more to do with the fact that maybe I was always putting on a persona as like the class clown type persona, and I just well, like a Chandler from Friends. Type. Yeah, it, it it just caught up on me one day, and I just you know what I, I spoke to someone I used to work with, and I just opened up and went, I can't do this anymore. I can't be that mm. class clown. Um, so I, I can do it, but right now uh, I, I easily go to my fiance. Yeah, it helps that she's a doctor as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, she's got all the medication yeah, yeah. you need. It's quite easy, um, but at the same time, it's you're going on about that whole burden thing. Mm. I don't want to put my issues on her when she's had a hard day at work or mm. she's having to deal with other people's issues. Why should she then come home and expect to then deal with my issues? But you know what? Something mm. you just said there is it already could be a build up of, of something because you said, Oh, mine are only silly little things, but loads of silly little things make one big thing in the end if you don't you'd actually be better off sorting out that what you're calling silly little problems that you've got one by one rather than accumulating loads of silly little things in your words that that might amalgamate into one massive problem do you know what i mean so it's it's sometimes them them things that you don't say that just that you're storing and well, then, they seem so small to worry about. Yeah, and then and then there's fifteen of them, and then and then it's suddenly like an army. Yeah, it's um, it like I've I've got a, a, a friend who, and and what you just said there about um, being the class clown. I mean, I, that's me. I've always done that, and and I have suffered with mental health quite you know quite severely, really, and and it is that it's quite it's tiring. It's actually tiring being and this sounds silly but like being the funny guy being the life and soul of the party all the time it's literally like a full-time job Mm. it does wear you down and because and and i've got so many so many people that that i know do it and because i do it myself and because i've finally recognized it i can say to my friends that are struggling well okay get off the stage every now and again because you're good enough. Like, I've got a friend, yet again, I mention his name just in case he doesn't want that. Um, but he, he's the, he's the, you know, the class clown. He's the, he tries so hard to be that, almost like a caricature of himself because he doesn't think mm. that he's good enough. And I've said, but let's just call him Dave, for example. Right? So I just say, Dave, you're good enough. We don't need, you know... Dave the you know Dave the yeah. disco. We just need we just need Dave because Dave's actually a nice guy. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. And once you can sort of work that out, you can go. Oh, I'm actually liked for me, not this caricature that I've made of myself because that's the guy that people like. I think a lot of that sometimes is how you feel about yourself. It is. Of how you look at yourself and and you think, oh, I'm quite boring, I'm quite stale. Actually, if I do jokes and things, 
then I, then people that then people will like me and I think that comes a lot from social media as well and how we try and portray ourselves on social media as like yeah, I'm out again I'm doing this again oh look at me with these people I'm hanging out with and and we live our life so much through social media and and we just turn up the contrast a little bit and turn up the brightness a little bit and I think that's what seeps into our no, it's everyday so, it's, life it's so true when you look at someone's Instagram and it's like this perfect family life perp- what you what a lot of people that are suffering with mental health do is they'll look at the Instagram life of someone else that they know yeah. or that they don't know and go, oh, I want that life. Yeah. What they don't realise is that is their lives are probably very similar. There's as much shit going on in that life as there yeah. is in your life. It's like if I look at my... If I look at my morning, right, at mine and Kerry's morning, right, I could say... I could lie on here and I could say, oh, no, no, we get up... We get up at, um, Half past six, um, I go downstairs and make the porridge. We <laughs> she's say, picking roses. Yeah, yeah, she's picking roses in the garden. And then we say, come on, sweethearts, get ready. Whereas in reality, it's, get your coat on, we're going to be late. The yeah, car won't start, the dog shits on the carpet. Yeah. And it's it's that, right? But you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you, but you don't, you're not going to then go and write that on on Instagram, are you? You you take a picture outside your house when when the when the kids are their hair's done, they look nice yeah. in the uniform, and you go, "Oh, first day at school, we're so excited." But in reality, you've had a fucking nightmare that morning. What about uh, taking you back, Scott? Because you you left uh, you left the band in in quite a, a, a quite a state. I knew you at that time. Mm. Uh, you had to deal with that. I see. I. I've not ever really gone into full detail. I've done a few interviews and more so recently, a lot of my interviews that I've done have been a little bit like counselling because I've delved into a a little bit of... I mean, that's because I'm trying to talk about mental health a little bit more because I'd like to help some people that might have suffered the way we did when we was in the band. Well, talking on here, this is your podcast, so, you you, you know, you, you're in charge of the edit and everything, so yeah. you, you can well, no, obviously you know just talk. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not worried about, the, you know, the, the edit. I, you know, I, I always, I, I like, I love this podcast because I can be, I mean, fuck me, I've overshared. Um, and he's not edited. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Have you had him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but you know what? Like, I, I like the fact that it's real, and and I do feel like I can talk to, even though I haven't known you for for that long, Adam. You know, I um, I just feel, I feel like I can just speak my mind, and and that's fine. And obviously, having my best friend here as well helps because he knows more than most. He knows pretty much everything. But I mean, I I really struggled, and when when you're in a band like Five, and obviously with the success we had at such a young age, it's so, so hard. And mental health was not spoken about. And I mean, not a thing. It was there, but it was get up, man up, fucking get on the telly. And just to date this, in case, you know, there's somebody who didn't know the band, so you're, you're talking 97 to 2001? Yeah, 97, 2001. So it was like four and a half years of literally... It was gruelling, and 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 I and I know there's going to be people listening to this now on the train or wherever you're listening, and you're going to go, "How is it gruelling? Like, come off it, mate. You you know, was in a very successful um, band. You know, we done well. We sold 20 million records. But it's not all. It's not all like showbiz. It, it's just not like you only see the top of the pops, the winning the Brits, the this, that, and the other, the haircut awards, all that stuff that you see 
I'd see I've got the haircut awards there. I was going to say, um, you slipped in all your awards and how many albums. You, you're very good, aren't I you? Am. You're a PR dream. I am pretty good, yeah, um, albums. Um, but I, would have, I still don't know how you won the uh, the haircut award with the Brill had... Cream, spiky, tubey. It hair. wasn't fucking Brill Cream, mate. It was <laughs> Dax Wax. I should have been sponsored by them. Wow. I, I, honestly, I read Dax. I should have been sponsored by them. They should have had an erection. Oh, nice. He's even got the erection in. Wow. There you go. Just such a pro. It was really, really hard. And when you um, when you said, oh, I'm really tired or I've got a problem or I'm feeling really depressed or this, and, and, I was saying, and I was saying these things. It took me a long time to say them, but I was saying these things. It was literally ignored. And, you know, like, so Sean was going through the same as me. Sean was 15 when he joined that band. Going through the same as me, and, and no one give fifteen. Yes, fifteen. I was seventeen. Um, basically, everyone was seventeen, bar Jay who was twenty-one and Sean who was fifteen. Wow! And we were chucked in a house together, and we were told to fucking sing like puppets. And 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 quite literally, we had amazing times. Don't get me wrong; it was incredible. But we had so many lows, and I mean, like, I'd cry. Every day, I'd wake up every day and I'd cry because I didn't want to go to work because there was, you know, it's been well documented on the big reunion. I was having, you know, physical fights with with Jay and you know, massive rows and problems with me bringing my, you know, my girlfriend who's now my wife, you know, to photo shoots and like, you know, Jay, you know, assaulting me and it, all these things that were happening. But I just had to smile through it and I was suffering so so hard and and I remember. I remember getting on a plane, me, um, me, Abs, and Rich uh, was in America somewhere, South America. I, I don't actually know where we were. We long way away, long flight, and um, I think it was America. And 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 basically, something had happened, and I'd said, "No, I've had enough of this." And I had to steal my own passport, steal my own passport, and I had to um, get on a flight to um, to London. And I, and I was hiding at the airport. Me, Abs and Rich were literally hiding under seats at an airport so we wouldn't be found and wouldn't be seen by any press or, or um, fans. Got on, Managed to get on this plane and I, in my head I'd left. I'd mentally left the band. That was it. I was gone. And I went into that, that record label and I said, enough's enough. I ended up getting chucked out of that record label because I basically assaulted one of the, the the staff members there, pushed him up against his desk, Simon Cowell was pulling me off. It was it was horrific. And that was I'd been I'd been driven to that. And I'm in tears and I'm being carted out of the record. It wasn't my finest moment, but it was my cry for help. I was basically telling them, look at me, do I normally act like this? I'm broken. I can't do this anymore. And all they wanted to do was chuck more money at me. It was like literally, no, 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 in you can have this much money in eighteen months. And they gave me a couple of days off or whatever, and then they called me back into the record label. They apologised to me, even though I was the one that had sort of done all the had the problem that day. Um, blagged me, put a band aid on it, and just told me to fucking get on with it. And and then there was another time when my son Brennan, who's now who's now twenty, um, he'd just been born. He was six six weeks premature. He had tubes coming out of everywhere. He was being fed through a tube, and they're trying to get me to go on CD UK. And I'm saying, but my son's not breathing properly. He's just eating for a tube. Do you think I give a fuck about going on the deck right now? Like, leave me alone. Let me be in the hospital with, with my wife and, and my child. And it was like, so my girlfriend at the time, but like, it's it wasn't fair. And But no one, 
no one helped me. No one said, do you know what, Scott? You're really struggling here. Let's get you the help you need. Let's, um, let's take a break. Let's go. Let's push the album back. Let's push the single back. Let's get you better, which is what they would do now. And that's... Yeah, it's exactly and what they would do And now. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that that's happening now because it, it needed to happen for me and it didn't happen for me, but that's fine because, you know, and I've seen Richard Griffiths, who was the guy that I kicked up against the desk and I've said to him, sorry, and he was like, do you know what, Scott? You don't need to apologise. You were the guinea pigs of the 90s. You were the people that we've learnt from our mistakes. Mm. And, I mean, I was, I would be crying and begging begging them to not make me go into work. Don't make me go in. I don't want to see anyone. I was shaking in... I remember shaking in my mum and dad's bathroom because they were trying to get me to fly somewhere to go on a Concorde. And I remember going, I don't care if it's a Concorde, I don't care if it's a private jet. And this is really, like, broken, I couldn't even talk. Um... And even my mum and dad at the time didn't fully understand. Like, Kerry was, the, to be honest, Kerry was the only person that said, you can't make him go. Look, like, look at him. Like, he's broken. You can't make him go. And even, you know, obviously my mum and dad loved me, but they didn't understand fully exactly what I was going through because they were like, come on, it's a Concorde. Mm. I was like, I don't care. I, I feel like I'm something's happening to me. Like, I was so poorly. I really was poorly. And I... You know, and I had to go counselling, and and every now and again I still have to go counselling because there's so much that happened in that band that I've shut the door on, locked it with a key, chucked the key away, trying to, you know, push it to the back of my mind. And, and then to go back to what you were saying about being the Joker, that I've lived my life through that. I mean, we, we said that last week on, on Laughter. Like, it's that's my defence mechanism, is to laugh it off but sometimes you have to drop your guard and say right yesterday I was acting today I'm not I feel shit and I'm struggling and I need help and it's only when you recognise it is when you can reach out to someone and go yeah do you know what I really I really need something here yeah there there comes a time where you know you, you, you have to go and you have to go and get help and and I've suffered from for many years with with anxiety mainly, a bit of depression in my early teens, but that that was sorted out. But but anxiety is something that I've battled with all my life and and got really bad. I think I was about thirty thirty five, and it and and I used to talk to you about it, Scott, because it was yeah. crippling. I'd be at train stations going, I can't I can't go back into London. I can't go back into London. And I was similar, I suppose, in in the career status because I was at that point. It almost felt like sabotage because I was. I was at the height of my career in radio. I was on Capital and, and there was all these big things happening and I didn't want anything to affect that. So I just, I think I just suppressed it. I, don't, I think I just kept it within me. I never really talked about it. What you're talking about being 17 and 15 is, I mean, that's fucked up. I mean, I was in my 30s. I had, I had some kind of tools to deal with, with stuff myself, but it, it was something that I assumed that, that if, if the radio station had known that I had some issues with anxiety that maybe I wouldn't get my contract renewed. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think, why would they put me on the radio if they it's think I'm weak, mental? Weakness, yeah. yeah, exactly. They think I'm mental. I might say something really crazy. I remember once I got to Liverpool Street and I was on air at one and I got to Liverpool Street about midday from Essex and I had a panic attack on the train. 
and I got off the train. I got outside Liverpool Street and I found one of those paramedics on a on a push bike. That they're all around London, and I was I was in such a bad way. I, I actually didn't know whether I was dying or whether I was. Having, I didn't know what it was. I just felt really really bizarre. I felt really strange. Sat down with him. He, he sort of helped me do some breathing and stuff. And 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 he said, "I'll just give you a ring, um, give your work a ring, and let them know." So I rang the office. Um, and this was Capital at the time. And I'm not saying this is what Capital would be like now. This is what it was like for me. And this was what happened to me. I rang up somebody that was in programming and I told them the situation. They said, all right, OK, don't worry about it. Um, we'll get somebody to cover your show. But I'm going to tell the program director that you've had a car crash. So it was more acceptable that I'd been in a car crash wow. than I was having a panic attack. And it all that all that did was continued that that build up of a foundation that I had at my belief system that I could never share this at work because I'd get sacked if being in a car crash was more it was uh, they were able to deal with that more than the fact I was actually having a panic attack because I was overworked I was stressed I've got I had obviously some kind of chemical imbalance in my brain or whatever the reason was I had to say I'd been in a car crash which actually meant I had to have another week and a half off to work to make it more believable um, that's shocking that it was and it was actually then that I first went to a GP and I first got help with it because I, I, I just, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't, I, I had to hide it at work. And, I mean, bearing in mind when you're on a, you're on, well, you know, from being in the public eye, you're on on a radio station with three million people listening to you and you're, you've got this secret that, that could pop out at any time. Um, I, I always felt happy in a radio studio. I've always felt happy behind a microphone. I've never had a panic attack sort of in the middle of a, a radio show or anything like that. It's always sort of before you go or afterwards. But that that whole situation with the with the car crash really made me realise that actually this is this is something that I need to deal with. And I went to my GP's first first time. I went and referred to a counsellor. She helped me for quite a long time, and I understood what I had was common. And I think that's the big thing. It wasn't. When you when you're going through it on your own, it's quite it's quite an insular feeling because you 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 don't know like you're on a train and suddenly you feel like you're having a heart attack and there's no reason for it. You 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 think you're on your own. You just think, well, other people don't feel like this. Look at everybody; they're all going around doing their normal thing. Why am I feeling like it? And I think for me, when I got help, when I went to a counsellor and she made me, she explained to me that the, you know uh, that this is a a normal thing that happens to a lot of people, but it's. And I found out as well from my own Googling like websites like No More Panic that are really, really good. If, if anyone suffers from anxiety, No More Panic is a fantastic website. It's got loads of just so much information on there and so many forums on there that you can talk to other people as well. Yeah, because you don't realise when you're having an anxiety attack, like you'll be being... T- when you f- I mean, I remember... You've told me, like, and, and Kerry suffered for for a while with it, and it's like someone will be telling you that no, no, it's anxiety, and you're going, no, I'm dying. Yeah, because you won't ever blame. See, anxiety is a completely normal reaction that we all have. Normally, you'd only get it if you uh, if you stepped out onto the road and you noticed a big bus coming towards you, swerving to avoid you, beep like that. You go, Jesus Christ, that's that's a that's that's what it is. That's literally what it is. Your heart starts racing, your palms get sweaty, your body enters what's called fight and flight mode. Most of us experience that, and it's not a nice feeling, but it serves a purpose. The problem with anxiety is that can happen sitting in a restaurant with your missus. That literally can happen anywhere. And your body obviously shits itself because it goes, what the fuck? Where's the impending doom? I can't see it. So your brain goes, oh, must be, maybe I'm having a heart attack. 
and then you 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 just basically go into overdrive. Every single feeling, uh, your 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 senses are heightened, and it, 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 it's a weird, it's a really weird feeling. It's a really powerful journey. A panic attack. The biggest problem I was fearing was the, was the panic attack. So I'd have a panic attack at Liverpool Street Station. The next night might be, oh, you're at the Brits. You're you're doing backstage at the Brits. And you'd be worried that you were going to... So you start worried another, that yeah. you're going to have another panic attack. And then that's when... Where you talk about to, to Adam, where you get like 13, 14, 15 problems. If you start worrying every time you go anywhere, the, oh, I better not go there because I might have a panic attack. Then you become agoraphobia. You don't want to go out anymore. Yeah, it's, 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 so, it's so weird because I didn't think of it like that, Chris. Because like you, you the way you're talking about panic attacks, I, I don't see them as panic attacks, but I... I'm very, believe it or not, very, very socially awkward um, because of the band, because I've gone, what I've gone through. Mm. So when I, like you'll know, like, so Chris will invite me to a party around his house. I need to, him to name the people that are going. Uh, this was before lockdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just in case. Yes, it was before Sue lockdown. Sue Gray's listening. Yes. Uh, but nothing, we were, this was pre-lockdown. But I would, <laughs> I would need to know who, who was there. And if he named... Bojo wasn't there. No, he definitely wasn't. I I definitely wouldn't go. Yeah, no, so I'll need to know how many people are there and who's going to be there. And if I don't recognise a name, I'm like, I'll make an excuse. Well, Chris knows exactly. Chris goes, I know you're not coming, it's fine. And But if I know everyone and I can rationalise it in my head and go, right, okay, so that's fine, that's fine... And I can go and it's I can enjoy overthinking. myself. That, I, I do, I overthink. That, yeah. And overthinking and anxiety, I think, are quite quite related. I still get them for no reason. I still get proper solid panic attacks for no reason at all. The difference is I have the tools to deal with them now. And, and more you importantly, phone me. I phone you. But, but, the, but the important thing is I know what they are. And, and yeah. that's the trick. So breathing's the first thing I do. I get my breathing under control. That regulates your heart rate. It's very difficult if you're doing... If you're breathing in for seven seconds and breathing out for 11 seconds, they call it the 7-11 technique, you, it's really hard for your heart to actually race. So if your heart doesn't race, you don't get a lot of the other feelings. And then I just sort of check my surroundings. You just reassure yourself there isn't any danger around and riding it out um, almost by carrying on as normal. And I find that that really does help. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Yeah, and I, I, I still get panic attacks for no reason. And and I have, I've had them in the last couple of weeks. But the, the difference is I've got the tools to deal with them. I, I have them sometimes in the building here at Radio Essex. And I talk to Scott and I go, mate, just so you know, I'm having a bit of a weird day on a bit of a wobble. And then he'll, he'll either ask me if I want to chat about it or he'll say, yes, yeah, no worries, carry on. Uh, but, but he knows. and that, but that makes me feel half better that somebody else knows 
what I'm going through. And obviously, we're best mates, so I would I would tell him anyway. I used to ring him all the time at Capital, didn't I? You oh, did. I'm, yeah. I'm having a real wobble I'm on the bus, and he'd be like, "Jesus, mate, all right, calm down. You're okay." Um, but I'd go, "No, fuck it, man, up, mate. You got no work." <laughs> <laughs> tell him you've been in a car crash. Is what he used to say. No, but and I, I still get him. And talking about it makes a difference. Knowing what they are yourself makes a massive difference. I get my breathing right. That helps control your heart rate. There's loads of things you can do. Um, to, to deal with anxiety and I, and I think that they never they will never be as big as the first one I ever had where I didn't know what it was so I always think you're never going to have a bigger panic attack than that so that almost makes it feel better as well just riding it out as well and, and carrying on as normal and realising that there is no impending doom around the corner and and and, in, and now with that's my mental health story and I, I can now live with that daily but I do still have counselling every now and again for, for certain bits and pieces and I'm I'm lucky that I'm able to open up, but I appreciate that some people aren't that forthcoming in in getting help, and that might be you. Like like Scott said earlier, you you, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to minds.org.uk. Calm's an amazing website. No more panic is a great website as well. And there are places that 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 will want to hear your story and yeah. hear what's going on with you. And there are like there'll be some people out there that are struggling and go, oh well, I'd love to go counselling, but I haven't got the money to go counselling. That's that's also fine as well because the um, places that Chris has spoke about, you know, you can speak to people and it will cost you nothing because it should be free to talk. Um, yeah, me and Chris are lucky that we can pick up the phone and go. Do you know what? I'm I'm going to um, speak to you. Or I'm going to I'm going to a counsellor. I've been to, I don't always go to the same counsellor. Sometimes I will just go to someone that I've never met before just to get some stuff off my chest do you know i've preferred doing that yeah, i think if you good. go all the time to the same person i don't i actually prefer doing what you like if if i've got something new and i'm like right i'm gonna need to deal with that i'll go somewhere completely different somewhere that doesn't know me from before and the stuff i've talked about before i think that's really that's think that's really important i think you told me about that once you you went somewhere and you said so um i'm nearly 50 and um i'm i'm still i'm still having wet dreams is that <laughs> Is, is that, that never happened? Is what that, the fuck? He said, he said, is that, that never happened? Is that, no, is that normal? Because there's no, pistures, didn't, there's didn't, pistures happen. Everywhere. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. La 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 la. It's been good. I, no, I feel I, that I feel that's a really important podcast that we had to do. Yeah, and um, if you've um, missed the uh, the normal laughter and the normal comedy of the podcast, that's fine. Uh, nor more normal stuff will be back next week. But we just felt that, um, as I said earlier, I think sometimes I don't need the uh, the comedy to uh, get me through the day. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to be real and honest. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope we helped you. If you do know anyone that you think might need help, or even if you're wrong and they don't need your help, reach out to them anyway. And they go, do you know what? They'll still say, thanks for checking up on me, mate. I really appreciate it. Sound advice, Scott. And yeah, it would have been hard to do an A to Z of men um, talking about men without talking about mental health because I think it's a major a major subject for us. So um, yeah, as Scott said, reach out and, and get help. Uh, we'll go back next week with an um, O for oranges. <laughs> yeah, it will be oranges. <laughs> Um, nothing else. Uh, o is next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for checking out. If you know somebody who might benefit from listening to it, just just flag it up in front of them so they can hear it. It might be a good way to get through to somebody that you think might be struggling without saying something. You can go, oh, have you heard this podcast? Start on M. Um, that could be a good way of doing it as well. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are the A to Z of Men, and we'll do it again next week. Ta-da. Cheers, guys. <laughs>